I am aware. I am a humble man. That you feel you don't belong. I won't say you should follow me. You are welcome. You are loved. Join us. And we shall reach the promised plane. I'm not boastful. And my chorus is more soulful. One of joy. We can't see. One lacking pain. What we are. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to 2024! And it's already started off kind of (laughs) iffy. But um, you might notice a few things look a little different. Sure smells different in here. Um, What? What is, what, what, what is, what is all of that? It looks different, right? Like something's different, right? It, it, it looks different here. And, and, and the chat bar is over here now? Like, so all your chats are going to show up on the side here now? All right. Oh, look at that. Above us, it keeps flashing the name of of the show. Well, that's kind of cool, huh? Hmm. Wonder who did that. Hi. Okay, so uh, now that the the, the bullshit is over, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to The Cult of Odd. Uh, I am your friendly neighborhood cult leader, Odd, and tonight we are going to explore one of the more interesting uh, conspiracy theories to have come along in a while. Um, how was everyone's new year though? First, um, I hope everyone had a, a good, uh, new year or whatever. Hello, Skelly. Hello, Motor City Candleworks and hello, Onion. That is right. One of us. So tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about the conspiracy theory of whether or not birds are real. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We wanted to start off the new year on a good foot. And from here on out, the Cult of Odd will be looking at conspiracy theories, unexplained mysteries, cryptids, and more. If that's your bag, you're definitely in the right place. And I would say it's definitely your bag because December's final total for downloads was 6,200 downloads. Holy shit, guys. Wow. Uh, we revamped the uh, the link tree. Um, we made it a little more uh, user-friendly. We organized some stuff. Um, and we've got a bunch of surprises in store for you this year. Stuff that we're really hoping that we can make come true. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, the chair that I'm sitting in that that piece of shit back there will be no more soon we uh we did a stream 
uh, a couple of days in a row uh, where we were playing with our friends and we were able to receive donations enough to buy a new chair. So my back will no longer look like a question mark at the end of the show. Because you guys got to remember, I work during the day, right? So um, I'm in this chair on Wednesdays for roughly 12 hours, if not more. You figure I start work at 9 o'clock in the morning, and then the show doesn't end until 10. And then I'm usually up till 3 a.m. editing and getting stuff ready to post so I don't have to worry about it later in the week. Um, so yeah, Wednesdays I specifically pull long hours in this chair, and uh, it is not doing me any favors. Yeah! <laughs> Thank you for calling customer service. My name is Odd. How can I help you today? That's my customer. Well, that's not necessarily always my customer service voice. Sometimes my customer service voice is, thank you for calling customer service. My name is Odd. How can I help you today? Or how can I help you today? Um, but yeah, no, I put on a decent human being costume and uh, pretend for anywhere between five and eight hours. So... But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I pull long hours in this chair and, and I'm grateful for this chair because it was a hand-me-down from a friend of mine. Um, uh, and I believe it was a hand-me-down to them originally. So it served its purpose and I'm ready to get rid of it. So soon we will have a nice, big, new, comfy chair that nobody has ever farted in, skeeted on, or any other number of God knows what. Give it time. <laughs> also, uh, tonight, um, we actually have an announcement for you guys. Um, the votes are in and everything was tallied. And you guys voted on what design you wanted for the, the merch shop. The next new design to be dropped on the merch shop. And... Uh, I'm going to tell you what, it was a close race. And I'm thinking it was so close that I may have to release the other image as well. But I'm going to wait a little bit. Um, but the one that won, the one that we're going to give attention to, I will be showing you here just in a few moments. Uh, I want to give people time to actually roll in and get to see it and whatnot. Because I know a lot of people... Uh, we're invested in this, and I, I thank each and every one of you that made your voice heard. We're going to do this again. Um, I like picking our merch designs this way, and it gives me a chance to create a couple of different designs um, and see which one you guys all like the best. Um, but concerning the chair, I want to thank our, uh, my uh, friend Mary. Um she did the offline donations that pushed us over to be able to get uh, the chair. And what I'm going to do in return is I'm going to work a bunch of extra hours so I can send her some merch. Because she helped me out. And I want to I want to be able to say thank you be, beyond just saying thank you. So I am going to log. That chair is going to get a good ass print put in it. Let me tell you. 
but I want to work the hours to, to be able to afford to, to purchase merch to send to her. So I'm going to buy my own merch so I can send to her. It is also January, and that means we're in the midst of a subathon. And for those of you that don't know what a subathon is, it basically means I'm trying to get as many new subscribers to the Cult of Odd as possible here on Twitch. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can sub for free. Uh, for those of you who uh, may not have a Twitch account at all yet, um, just so you're aware, Twitch is free to sign up for. And uh, if you link your Amazon Prime to it, you can sub to your favorite channels uh, with your Amazon Prime for free, essentially. Um, <coughs> um, so please consider doing that. We're doing 31 streams in 31 days. So uh, basically... The, the bar isn't up here uh, for this, uh, but when we video game, it's up. And uh, I, I'm trying to get 10 new subs in the month of January. So my pledge to you is to do 31 streams in 31 days. So it may be just an hour. It may be three hours. But I'm going to try to stream at least once a day. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, head over to twitch.tv forward slash cultivad and, uh, you know, if I'm live, go ahead and subscribe. Hell, go ahead and subscribe even if I'm not live. But if I am live, it will pop up on the screen with a alert to, you know, feed you that dopamine. All right. Tonight's show is an interesting one because when i first heard this conspiracy theory it really just left me scratching my head and thankfully uh our researcher matt and my wife ollie got on the the case and dug into it deep to find out how deep the rabbit hole goes and uh I, you know it's it's since it's not that old there's not a lot a lot of information out there but the way that it grabbed pop culture and just strangled it for dear life right is interesting to me that everybody was willing to subscribe to this ludicrous idea that the the birds aren't real and i'm going to tell you why they were able to believe in it um Motor City Candle Works is here, and uh, uh, if you want, Mr. Brown, go ahead and use your uh, your command. Um, but yeah, this this conspiracy theory just uh, you know left me scratching my head, and I couldn't help but jump inside of it and and really just 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 present it to the rest of you. So that's what we're gonna do tonight. But first, because I know you all want to know, I am going to show you the design that won in a very, very close race. We're talking this design won by a very thin margin of like two or three votes. And there were 20 to 30 some votes casted across all my social medias for uh, each design. So, yes, it was a very, very thin margin. But the winning design that you all voted on 
is this. So that was the winning design. And it is actually available right now at our brand new merch shop. But I do want to give you a heads up with our merch shop. Um, give me just a second here. Uh, I want to show you something. Because the, the merch shop isn't super intuitive. Um, and that's just because this is the place that is allowing me to have the best margin and still keep costs low. So when you come into the shop, I want you guys, I know it says shop products here, but there, it only shows a few of them. If you go to explore designs, you can look at each of the products that are in each design here. So we'll click on this one and you let them load. And this is all the different stuff that you can get it on if you so choose. My personal favorite are these coasters here. And we'll go back one. And our winning design is available on hats, mouse pads, t-shirts of all types, hoodies, sweaters. Uh, you can get it as a sticker, uh, laptop sleeve, laptop skin even. Like there is a whole bunch of stuff. We made it a clock and uh, it is also on coasters. Um, coffee mugs, I know some of you, and I even, I threw it on a notebook here, because I thought the notebook was cool, but here it is, our winning design and all of the products that you can get it on at our, uh, our merch shop. So, for those of you listening, uh, after the fact, there will be a link to our merch shop that you can go to provided within the description. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say it's uh, redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash cultivad forward slash shop. That's a fucking mouthful. It really is. All right. Let's go. Happy New Year, everyone. Hopefully, you're all coming into 2024 in good health and with a bright outlook on the coming year. We wish you all the best going forward and hope to have you around for what we think will be an interesting year of topics. But the, uh, the topics aren't the only thing that we're looking for here, decent topics. We want interaction. We want you to interact with us. So if you're listening either live or after the fact, keep the chat going. Keep the conversation going. Talk with each other. Interact with each other. If you're, listen if you're watching on Twitch, you know how to play sounds and shit. Keep having fun with it. Those of you listening later after the fact, whether you're on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcast, uh, pretty much anywhere, because we are everywhere, I want you to comment, to share, to like. We are about the interaction. 
Tell me what you thought of what you heard. Tell me what you would like to hear us discuss. Tell me to shut up. I don't care. Just tell me. We truly appreciate and love each and every one of you. Uh, see? There you go. Hi, Sim. How are you, dear? Uh, as I was saying, we truly appreciate and love all of the attention and affection that we have been receiving lately. Your outpouring of support has been immense, and it does not go unnoticed. That is why we are, are, are making the effort to push everything, like make it better, make it clearer, make everything a little smoother, you know, a little more polished, a little more professional even. Yeah, professional. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do this without your vested interests in our topics. So sincerely, from the very, very bottom of my heart, I and the team here at Cultivad want to say thank you. Here's to another year of laughs and learning. Here's to embracing the weirdness, observing the obscure, but most importantly, here's to celebrating the oddities of the world. Welcome to the cult of odd everyone and we're so happy to have you here and can't wait to unleash our plans for this new year yes we all made it through another year most of us more than likely worse for wear some new wrinkles some new scars and probably a little heavier than before we've endured an entire year of challenges and that includes these last few months of family interactions for the holidays. Skelly, there is no posture check in this fucking chair. Stop wasting your points. Uh, but we did it, though. And everyone deserves a good, hearty pat on the back. Actually, Mr. Brown, I know Monroe has a horror museum. It's not that new. Jeez, you're easy to impress. Aw. Sam. My wife loves me enough to sub. <laughs> I just realized how that sound. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I yeah I I didn't I didn't I didn't mean it that way I I didn't I I really didn't I'm sorry guys I I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'll uh, I'll just see myself out all right let me let me just no no all right all right I'll stay all right everyone deserves a good hearty pat on the back celebrate yourselves do something nice for yourselves. Maybe it's as simple as giving yourself time to listen to this podcast for two hours and just relaxing. If we can provide that, 
then we've achieved our goal. With that being said, let's get into our topic for the first episode of the new year. We realized that life is stressful, especially during the holidays, so we decided the first episode of 2024, we would ease everyone into the weirdness. You know, dip a toe in the shallow end of the esoteric with the with something fun and a little less serious. And that doesn't mean we won't be coming with the heat later. Believe me, we've got some very interesting plans for you in the near future. We have a lot of shows that we've talked about uh, on what we want to put forth this year, kind of behind-the-scenes planning. Uh, we have Sims shows starting at the end of this month, and uh, it, it, it will be... It will be an interesting year for 2024 in the cult of odd. But yeah, uh, back to Mr. Brown. I, I want to address that real quick. I actually spoke to that guy. Um, he was, he's been on the show. The owner of the, the horror museum in Monroe has been on our show. Um, are you guys ready for the truth? behind birds aren't real now the internet right what the fuck seriously i don't think i really need to say any more other than what the fuck i know that our audience is smart enough to know where this is probably going going pornography kidding really kidding uh the internet is what it is though it can be extremely useful convenient informative even but it also can be very harmful, extremely toxic. It's a breeding ground for tryhards, trolls, turds, and terrible personalities all around. I mean, spend 10 minutes playing GTA Online or Call of Duty and you'll see. On top of all that toxicity, misinformation is rampant. And I'm sure most of you at least know one friend or family member that has taken the leap down one dark rabbit hole. Things like Q, uh, the QAnons, the Flat Earthers, Chemtrails, Hollow Moon, shape-shifting reptilians in the government. You know, Alex Jones or David Icke-level uh, shit. The water is turning the frogs gay type of shit. But my tactical bath! That's what we're here to talk about. We're talking about how an obvious and ridiculous internet joke could gain enough traction to become this phenomenon because of a single person. Any of you that have ever been uh, involved in the church in any way, shape, or form knows how one person can fuck everything up for everybody just by running their mouth. And that's kind of what happened here, in in a sense, is is it was one individual, and it just blew up from there. As I said, we all know the internet is a wild and crazy place. It can be your best friend or your worst enemy, or both at the same time. I think some of us have been uh, in relationships or friendships with those people. Uh, it can make you laugh, cry. It'll make you feel connected or make you feel completely insecure. This episode is on a level that I hope makes you laugh or at least crack a smile. 
This is about how one man made us laugh at the absurdity that can be found in the conspiracy theory world, and how we need to take a step back and have a good chuckle at life sometimes. But it is also a warning tale. Because as much as, as we're going to pan this conspiracy theory tonight and you know make light of everything, pay attention to the fact that one man blew this up. You created one idea, you placed it in the right area, and the wrong or right people grabbed a hold of it and fucking ran with it. Birds aren't real. The minute someone says the birds aren't real to you, you're going to look at them and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You actually think that all these avian objects constantly passing over us, shitting on our cars daily, and actually aren't are actually living creatures? Get out of here with that. Everyone knows the birds are government drones used to spy on the public. It's all a surveillance operation. All birds in the U.S. were exterminated between 1959 and 1971. They have since been replaced by drones to keep tabs on the United States citizens. Why do you think you always see birds on power lines? That's how they recharge. Why are they always shitting on your car? That's not shit. It's tracking devices. And if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty of it, does anyone want to guess why JFK was assassinated? JFK was assassinated because he opposed the government extermination of all the birds. We're through the looking glass now, and it's been right there under our noses this entire time. And it took the brave actions of one Peter McIndo to lift the veil and wrangle these truths into light. Some might say this man is a goddamn patriot. Some might also have ate lead paint as children. I don't know. I don't know. But if you're still here after all that nonsense, okay. Now to get to how this all started. Because that was his claim. That whole jibba-jabba there about the, the, the birds not being real and that they charge on the power lines and JFK was assassinated because of it. Yep, that was his thesis. So, this movement became popular because one guy wanting to have a laugh at some counter-protesters at a women's march in Tennessee. That's right. I'm not making this up. Pro-Trump counter-protest showed up to a fucking women's rights march in Tennessee in 2017. Anyway, Peter McIndo happened to witness these counter-protesters at this women's march around January 17th. And he decided he would have a bit of a jab at them. Being the legend that he is, he created a sign that read, Birds aren't real, and concocted a conspiracy theory on the spot to back his sign's message. It was a spur-of-a-moment decision, according to him, 
Having grown up in a conservative area where he was constantly exposed to conspiracy theories and rants seemed to come naturally. It all seemed to come naturally to him. These beliefs concluded opening uh, rant from before. They're drones. They shit tracking devices on your car. The lack of baby birds in the wild proves birds are being mass-produced somewhere. It's a whole damn mess, but somehow charming at the same time. Take it to the fear mongers and turn it around on them. Afterwards, a video of McIndo professing his truth at the march would go viral. And I, 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 can't, I can't do it justice describing the video. Is this the... No, hold on. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. We all remember where we were when that happened. But what if I told you that something far greater was at play in this very moment? A saga of government corruption so entrenched in our society that to expose it would make Watergate a mere footnote in the pages of history. For the last few years, my team and I have been investigating the biggest crime ever perpetrated on the American people. Since the Eisenhower administration, the U.S. government has been committing genocide on the entire bird population and replacing these birds with sophisticated robot replicas, equipped with five megapixel cameras and a sophisticated tracking system that can follow your every movement. I know this is horrifying, but please remember, stay calm. It is estimated that by 2001, 90% of the birds that we see in the sky will actually be surveillance robots. We must act now to prevent this from going any further. Join us, and together we can make 1987 the year that we take back our freedom. Yeah, actually, that that was a, a I was supposed to play a different video, but that really summed it up there. Um, a you know uh, that was had some more production behind it, of course, than the original video uh, Instagram. Um, it's truly wonderful. Months after the video caught fire, Peter would post a message to Facebook, and it read, I made a satirical movement in a, few, a few months ago, and people on Instagram seemed to like it a lot. He later claimed that the post was written by a staffer he employed, and they had subsequently been fired. Since then, McIndu has participated in multiple appearances and interviews. In these appearances, he mostly stays in character and continues to push the ideology, birds aren't real. In one interview, he presented a both-sidism counter to a question. He claimed if he was offended about being, he claimed he was offended about being asked if he truly believed birds aren't real, and that no one would ever be asked if birds are real. That's kind of a boss move, <laughs> right? If if your if your intention is the satirical lean, right? The 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 hard fucking just right into it. Give the same kind of crazy energy that the uh, the the right wing conservative conspiracy theories that he's he's satirizing give. Then you just go full bore into it, and you just come up with the craziest shit you could possibly do. Like contrarianism and malicious compliance had an unholy love child and produced this man. In January of 2022, five years after going viral, P 
Peter McGindo would give his first interview out of character to Vice. A few months later, he began an interview with 60 Minutes while in character, but he would later drop the facade and describe the purpose behind creating this so-called movement. His quote was, So it's taking this concept of misinformation and almost building a little safe space to come together within it and laugh at it, rather than be scared by it. Accept the lunacy of of it all and be a bird truther for a moment in time when everything else is so crazy. Now, I think we could all learn a lot from this quote. Stop running from what you're scared of or what's affecting you. Step up to it. Laugh in its face. Make a joke out of it. Make that uncomfortable place your own. Dive in and make fun of it from the inside out. And we all do that to a certain extent, right? We all uh, enjoy self-deprecating humor, right? You know, we all crack jokes at our own expense. And some of the funniest motherfuckers you're ever going to meet are some of the most traumatized motherfuckers you're ever going to meet. Like, do you think this is natural? Do you you all think that I just popped out of the womb and was like, chucka, 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 ha, 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 laugh, 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 laugh. No. No, I had to be severely abused as a child and an adolescent to become this funny as an adult. And if you look into the history of every comedian that's been successful, there is a dark, thorny, rocky path that they came from. If you laugh at what scares you or at what hurts you, you take its power away. You can't ignore it, right? We can't pretend it's Freddy Krueger and just ignore that he exists and he'll go away. That's not that's not really how trauma works, right? If you try to ignore trauma, it just keeps building and building and building inside of you until it eats away pretty much everything that makes you a person. And then you're just a fucking husk walking around out there pissing everybody else off. Guilty of it. But I walk a weird line between the two. Sometimes I'm an unbearable fucking husk. And other days I'm a fat funny dude who will make you laugh. It really is a crapshoot. It really just depends on whether I've had my caffeine, my nicotine, and whether or not my back hurts. But the point is he, he has the right idea, right? If you're scared of it. If you're scared of something. Make fun of it. Uh, We were even shown that in in as most recent as the fucking Harry Potter movies, right? What was it? The 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 box, the 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 boggart? Was it a boggart? I wanna say that it was a boggart. Anyways, the box that they had in the class, right? When they were teaching them, you know, how to like disarm something. Um, you know, that big fucking spider came out of the box at one point and one of them, uh, flucked their wand at it. And, uh, I forget what they said, ridiculous or something like that. Um, and then all of a sudden it had fucking skates on and it couldn't move. They made the scary thing funny and it wasn't scary anymore. And I think we all could learn a lesson from that. I I really do. 
But doing this can be a double-edged sword as well. While this theory is absolutely silly and holds no weight in rational thought, it posits an interesting quandary. The prevalence of misinformation in the digital age, the implication of conspiracy theory and how they influence people's beliefs and behaviors, the implications of misinformation and the importance of critical thinking and media literacy. I've talked about this uh, a few times over the years. I've mentioned that I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of uh, social ideas and political ideas and stuff, and I share a lot of them. But there are some that I don't share. And I don't share them because necessarily they're bad or that they would offend somebody. I don't share them because I'm legitimately afraid for those ideas to not only get out, but then get into the wrong hands, get twisted. Because every bit of good you try to put out into the world, there is somebody out there that wants to try and turn it and make it evil and make it, you know, work counter to what you're, you're hoping for. Every nonprofit, when they get big enough, will eventually get bought by a bigger company. It won't be very noticeable, right? It'll be very quiet. They'll still front as a nonprofit, but they have corporate ties behind them. Um, <clears throat> the first thing that comes to mind is those little pink ribbons. And in fact, if you want to know more about the little pink ribbons, go watch the documentary that they made on them. Because again, something small and good became something despicable in the end as stated before i'm positive some of you have had that awkward conversation with someone close to you talking about whatever new youtube channel or reddit thread they've come across how some of you have probably had that conversation over the past few weeks it's a slippery slope and that's why i mentioned critical thinking and media literacy all of this stuff can be so much fun if taken with a, the right mind, with a grain of salt. It just needs to be viewed through multiple lenses. Other people aren't so lucky. They're convinced everything you see or read is true. Don't be like that. <laughs> Don't. It's muddy water out there, I understand that. Trying to find the, the answers and the truth to everything, it is a very... Very fucking muddy landscape. But that's where due diligence comes into play. Learn. Read. Look at it, things from different angles. I do that quite often. I, uh, I will look at things from multiple sources. Uh, I can't get into that right now. I will look at things from multiple sources. And multiple angles. So every story that drops, if I really want to know the truth, what I do is I look at the, the genuinely independent press, I look what the conservative side is saying, and I look at what the liberal side is saying. And somewhere between all that fucking yes man jibba jabba is the truth. And you can usually piece it together by seeing what the, the high notes are in each one. If the high notes in the liberal side, the independent side, and the conservative side all match, that's the truth. 
the opinions that they give on the external side of things, that doesn't matter. You look for the common threads. And with those common threads, you can weave together the truth. You know what they say. In every argument, in every breakup, in every fight, uh, in every parting of ways, there are three stories. Party one side, party two side, and the truth. And it does take some work to, to, to dig all that out. And I know some people are out there like, well, you know, I'm, it's just fun. It doesn't matter. No, some of the things are dangerous when you start sharing them. We don't realize the impact that we have at times. And then there are those that do realize the impact that we have and use it for their own twisted purposes. As a terrible fucking metaphor, I guess, you know, overplayed cliche metaphor, if you throw a rock into a pond, you have no idea how far those ripples are going to go. What Peter did, what Peter created seems harmless enough. It's so ridiculous that you can enjoy it while also adding to it. And that's what happened. The Birds Aren't Real Instagram is at over 400k followers. There's a Facebook groups dedicated to it. Followers have petitioned Twitter to change the, their bird logo at, at the time. And hell, in April of 2023, McIndo hosted a damn TED Talk on the subject. And it's completely snowballed. And I'm sure there are people gullible enough to believe what he's saying. But the majority seems to be latching on to something that's entertaining and not dismal and depressing. In the words of journalist Rachel Roberts in 2018, Birds Aren't Real is a joke that thousands of people are in on, and it's clearly grown beyond that point. Now, I have that TED Talk, and it's only 13 minutes, and I want, I want you guys to see it and hear it. Hi, I'm Peter, and six years ago, I received information that changed the course of the rest of my life. From 1969 through 2001, the U.S. government murdered over 12 billion birds in the American skies. They did this using poisonous toxins dropped from airplanes that was contagious and murdered all of the birds over the course of about 40 years. Now, I know this is not the public understanding of this, and may sound absurd, but please just bear with me and keep an open mind and just be respectful, please, as I share this information with you. I know a lot of you may be wondering, why would the government kill 12 billion birds? It seems like an awful lot of trouble for a government to go through. The reason is as devastating as it is simple. For each bird the government killed, they replaced it with a surveillance drone replica in disguise designed to spy on the American people. Now, some may say, if you're the government, at least, that this is a worthy sacrifice, these 12 billion lives, for the safety of the people, right? I don't know about that. It seems like a pretty serious limit on our freedom. Wouldn't you agree? The proof that birds are robots is all around us, if you start looking. For starters, uh, birds charge their batteries on power lines. 
so they can refuel up high and they can watch the civilians, you know? They also track civilians using a liquid tracking device. You ever wonder why birds poop on your car? Do you need more evidence? I can really I can go all day up here.、Uh, who here has seen a baby pigeon? You haven't, have you? It's weird. There's all these adult pigeons. Where are all the babies?、Uh, they come out of the factory as adults. So there's no organic growth, you know?、Uh, it's, a, it's a smoking gun. Over the years, as I began putting this information together,、uh, I began realizing the extent of all this. And there were times I wished I never even learned this. My life would be so much easier. You know, I remember before I, I knew this information, I was happier, my steps were lighter, you know. But I always come back to this it is my moral obligation, as one of the few privileged enough to know this, to share it with you, the blind sheep, you know. <laughs> And that's what I've been doing for years now. I'm a part of a movement called Birds Aren't Real. And in 2021, I was promoted to public information officer for the movement. It's the honor of my life. I had one job. No, thank you, thank you. Thank you. My one job was to deprogram the public from the bird lie. And deprogram is a very specific word, because you all are programmed. You know that, right? We live in a pro bird civilization drenched in propaganda. For instance, every state has a state bird. The national mascot is a bald eagle. Presidents don't talk, they tweet. Then the tweets are covered on the bird logo media. Once I knew this, my first order of business was to get the information out to the American people, get off the internet into the real world. So that's what I did. I bought a van, covered it in decals with facts. I wanted to turn the highway into an information highway, awaken the people. I went city to city,、uh, holding rallies, meeting up with our thousands of supporters, growing by the day. And I was putting up billboards wherever we went, sharing our simple but powerful message. Look at how beautiful it is. Now, the government, the government did take note of what we were doing, and they sent some intimidators to try and deter us from our mission. You can see them right,、uh, right there.、Um, but we did not fold. We kept on going. We started holding rallies at some of the most evil pro bird corporations in the world, starting with Twitter, where we brought hundreds out to protest their pro bird logo. Months later, we brought 500 people out to CNN headquarters to demand fairer coverage for bird truthers on air. Then, just last year, we brought 2,000 people out to Washington Square in New York City. To demand that the mayor shut down every pigeon in the city. <laughs> Here's what that looked like. Can't even tell you how that felt. I took that video, standing on the top of the van, megaphone in hand, knowing we were awakening a country that needs it so badly. Can't think of anything more beautiful. Okay, let me start this talk over.、Uh, I do not actually believe that birds are robots. And everyone else in this picture is also in on the bit. This is a character that I played for four years the leader of a fake movement with fake evidence and a fake history. Our goal? 
was to convince the public that our satirical movement was a real one and to see if the media would believe what we were saying. To do this, I played this character that I just showed you. Uh, we held rallies, put up billboards. We even sent the media a lot of fake evidence. We hired an old actor to pose as an ex-CIA agent confessing to his crimes. Uh, we sent them a historic email leak called Poultrygate that came out of the Pentagon. <laughs> where we forged hundreds of fake emails uh, exposing elites and government officials in the, in the Bird drone surveillance plot. It didn't take much to convince the media. Uh, after just one summer holding rallies like this, it became nationally syndicated news on tons of local news stations that we were a real movement that had been around for 50 years. And there was, a, there was a resurgence happening where it was coming back, and there was a radical new leader myself, uh, bringing the movement back as the rise of conspiracy theories swept the nation. At this point, I'm sitting on my couch, watching the media report on my fake movement as a real one, and figured it was probably time to come out of character. One, because we'd accomplished what we came there to do, uh, but also, I didn't want this to snowball into anything it was never supposed to. So, in 2021, I broke character, revealed the movement was a farce uh, on the front page of the New York Times. And... I was very proud, as you can see. Allow me to reintroduce myself one more time. Uh, hi, I'm Peter. Can you say hi, Peter? Hi, Peter. Hey. Uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. I grew up in Arkansas, in Little Rock, where I was homeschooled on the outskirts of town. The community that I grew up with was hyper-conservative and religious, and almost everyone that I knew believed in some form of conspiracy theory, whether it was that Obama was the Antichrist, or that there are microchips in the vaccines. During my entire life, I always felt like I was on the fringes of normal society. Uh, so, as you can imagine, when it became time for me to play a character, the conspiracy theories was a pretty easy one for me to tap into. During the years in character, I used the same cadence, logic, and arguments as those I grew, I grew up around, just with a different theory swapped in. I was really dedicated to playing this character as convincingly as I could, as method as possible. So I spent days sometimes in character, a lot of time out in public with the van there, just talking with strangers. It led to hundreds of interactions with strangers who thought that I was a real conspiracy theorist. I'd often be out there, cowboy hat on, handing out flyers that said things like, uh, like, if it flies, it spies. Um, <laughs> We had another flyer that said, birdwatching goes both ways. Uh, <laughs> and during these times, as I'm handing out flyers and talking with people, there were hundreds, maybe thousands of instances over the years where strangers would approach me. You know, they'd see me in public, and I'd see them notice me. They'd walk up to me with complete disdain on their face. They thought that I was a real conspiracy theorist. And time and time again, they'd come up to me, look me right in the eyes, just as close as I am to you right here. And uh, it would tell me how stupid I am. It would tell me I was uneducated, that I was crazy, that I was the problem with this country. When this happened, I didn't feel the emotions of the character that I thought I would. My out-of-character self may interpret these interactions as a funny response to someone that fell for the comedy project, but Instead, I felt the emotions of the character. 
I felt emboldened, and I felt sad and angry. Like, they didn't even take the time to know me. Uh, they instantly condemned me, judged me, and othered me. I'd found myself on the opposite side of this equation that I'd grown up around, the normal and the fringe. And in those moments when those people were talking to me, they could not have been more ineffective at what I would assume they really want. Less conspiracy theorists in the world. These experiences, hundreds... All right. You guys can go watch the, the rest of it. I'll post a link to <clears throat> the rest of the, the TED Talk. Uh, but uh, it's definitely a, worth a watch. Um, as you can see, he is very open and honest and uh, <clears throat> a few laughs along the way. Well, one of his co-conspirators, wow, one of, our co one of his co-conspirators, Connor Gatos, uh, Gatos, I think it's Gatos, uh, pro provided insight on birds aren't real and said, it's an opportunity for, I think, our generation to laugh, to make fun. To be kind of like, look, here's a laundry list of things that haven't come true. Another compatriot of McIndo would add, you've been lying to us, so we're going to lie to you back. And we're going to do it in a way that is really funny. And I think that sums up the whole thing pretty well. We've got to stop taking everything so seriously. Let's start getting weird. Let's have fun with shit again. Let's poke fun. Let's take the energy that's given towards us and turn it around by embracing the absurd <clears throat> absurdity. As of now, Peter McIndo continues to work full-time as a spokesperson for Birds Aren't Real with part of those earnings coming from merchandise sales related to his theory. His, his career as a conspirator and his dedication to the movement have seemed to pay off for him. And that's it. That's the whole basis of the birds aren't real. It was one man who decided to see how far he could make the joke and the lie go. Birds aren't real. The government is spying on you in more ways than you think. So the next time you see a bird perched on a power line, remember, it might be just charging its batteries. I got a few... Uh, few videos here that I thought you guys might enjoy um, concerning the uh, birds aren't real. And I'm going to play them for you. Give me just a second here. Yeah. That's a, a full-on fucking...
and you can see with these videos how they are very similar to the videos that you see from the right wing, the conservative extremists, the QAnon crowd. These are just hilarious. And then we've got one more. This is a glitch in the matrix here. Where uh, somebody turned up the spawn rate apparently for the birds. All praise that SUV. But there you have it. The birds aren't real conspiracy theory. And I'm going to tell you what. The birds may work for the bourgeoisie. But the squirrels work for me. So the next time you see a squirrel, just know your friendly neighborhood cult leader. I'm not spying on you. I'm just making sure you're okay. And we have an army at our ready should the birds turn against us. We saw what could happen in Alfred Hitchcock's movie, and I'm not going to let it happen to you. So just know that if the birds ever do decide to take over, I have an army of fucking squirrels at the ready. And I will fight for you. We actually talked about this um, years ago. Right around the time that it, it started to become popular. We we talked about this. I think it was I think it was on the Friday Night Freak Show is is where we, we started talking about it. Um and uh when I heard it the first time I was like, This is this is absurd. And uh I remember I started to dive down the rabbit hole to try and figure it out. Because, like, as much as I thought it was absurd, there is that little bit of little bit of you when you hear one of those wild-ass conspiracy theories. It's like, well, what if it's true? Now, most of us will tell that motherfucker to shut the hell up and we'll have a, a little more uh, common sense about us. Um, but uh, the rest of the America, you know finds that difficult at times. Give me a second here. Why is that sized wrong? There we go. This is the website for the Birds Aren't Real movement, too, by the way. Want to join the movement? There's the video that we showed from the bird earlier. Uh, and it says, Chapter 1, Why? When asked to write the unabridged history of this organization, I was taken aback. I knew that I had reached many thousands in my quest to spread the truth. 
but I was bewildered and frustrated with myself when I realized that I had not yet done an acute job of giving details. The why, the how, the when, the who, etc. I knew I had to write something that was concise, accurate, and free of any fault or error. It is the entire story. And I'll, I'll read some of it here to you. Uh, I'm going to post a link with the episode so the rest of you can check it out. In 1947, the CIA was founded. Its sole responsibility to watch and survey tens of thousands of Americans suspected of doing communist things. This orchestrated a stalking epidemic, and it went on for almost five years. And very few were found guilty and of any real crimes. However, it became clear in the early 50s that the threat of communism was only going to rise and a broader system was needed to track any individual who was suspected of such activity. The fears were only encouraged when, in 1951, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were wrongly arrested and convicted of espionage against the United States. Accused of spying on behalf of the Soviet Union, the big boy communist people, this highly publicized event gave the government a small window to implement a new program that would place the first CCTV surveillance cameras in areas with high Russian immigrant concentration. This went on for a few years or so. Then, in 1953, Alan Dulles was made the first civilian director of the Central Intelligence Agency and made it his mission to ramp up the surveillance program, hiding cameras in thousands of locations and ordering his staff to plant them in areas that would be impossible to detect. Although, let's face it, in the 1950s, you could walk into a bank with a slingshot and steal thousands of dollars. Security was a big joke. He knew that the possibilities for his camera program were endless, and on April 15, 1956, he met with President Dwight D. Eisenhower and proposed a plan that would put cameras in the sky. Dulles knew that the sky was the future for his surveillance program, as you could truly track someone with a moving camera much easier than having to switch between cameras on street corners and hidden in storm drains. One camera in the sky could do the work of hundreds on the ground. Eisenhower approved the initial idea and asked him to return with what he had figured out uh, when he had figured out how to make it possible. Dulles left the Oval Office and immediately flew to an undisclosed location, meeting with various members of his inner circle to discuss the plan in a more intricate detail. It is believed that the initial plan for killing all of the birds and replacing them with flying cameras was thought up one weekend in May of 1956. Dulles and his team hated birds with a passion and were heard on many occasions calling them flying slugs, the scum of the skies, as they would often poop on their cars in, in the parking lot of the CIA headquarters and, quite frankly, all over the D.C. metro area. I believe this uh, one was the driving force that led Dulles to not only implement robots in the sky but actually replace birds in the process. They did not need to kill... the did not need to kill all of the birds and could have launched a quarter of the robot birds that they had. But the pigeons in D.C. at the time were absolutely ruthless. They were eating very well. As American morale was high, people were feeding them much more in public parks and on the street. 
This in turn created a huge amounts of pigeon feces that would inevitably find its way to the windshields of many men and women, all of whom grew to not only hate pigeons, but all birds. In a stolen transcript from an ex-CIA deputy, he says, Yeah, the higher-ups were so annoyed that the birds had been dropping fecal matter on their car windows that they vowed to wipe out every single flying feathered creature in North America. You have to go read the rest of it because the story is wild. And you can, I can see. So here's the thing a good conspiracy theory, okay? A good conspiracy theory, mind you, takes flight with just a few nuggets of truth. Sprinkled in. Just a few. Just enough to provide someone who wants to go look it up and find more information. To find information. The highly highly publicized uh, uh, court case is more than likely real. Um... Dwight D. Eisenhower and the the specific dates that are mentioned for CIA and different things that went on with it, those are more than likely real and true. But then you weave in the bullshit, right? You take the truth, you stagger the truth out, and then you weave in the bullshit in between it. And that's how you build a decent conspiracy theory. Just enough believable information just enough truth to make the viewer or i should say the observer start to question well maybe it is true maybe they did you're right i've never seen a baby pigeon you know it's it's it it, it doesn't take much and especially these days and honestly i can't even say especially these days because I don't think people are any smarter than they were in the 50s. Sure, we have access to technology and, you know, information at the the speed of, you know, farts. But I don't think we're any smarter than we were in the 50s. We're just as gullible, at least. And maybe we might be more intelligent, but we do not have much more common sense. And it doesn't take much to get people to believe something. People believe that if it's on the internet, it has to be true, right? It has to be true. They can't put it on the internet if it's not true. They talked about it on the TV. They can't put lies on the TV. Well, this is a president that just doesn't believe it. He's going to believe it too. But we're rapidly approaching idiocracy level at this point, right? Like, take a look at your game shows. Take a look at your television. Take a look at the media in general that's that's being fed to you. <laughs> take a look at your commercials. Take a look at your YouTubers and stuff. You know, the ones that are, are the most popular. They are, uh, they are feeding you tripe. They are not feeding you substance. They are feeding you tripe. And we eat it up. 
because we're like, oh, we're looking for an escape, you know, leave us alone. It's funny. Ah, da, da. And, and I get that. I do. But if you, if you don't look at it through the lens of this is funny and that's it. If you look at it through the lens, yeah, no, you're right. We are. We're very much on the path of being like the movie Idiocracy. But if you don't take it just with a grain of salt, right? And you believe this bullshit wholeheartedly. Or you allow others to believe this bullshit wholeheartedly. And that's when it becomes a problem. And like we state, like we said earlier when we started the show, I am sure a lot of you over the past two months have had to deal with family members that are spouting off some batshit crazy stuff. And I don't know if the rest of you can hear it, but I sure hear it. I hear the fucking carnival music ramping up as we're heading into this next election. And it is going to be a fucking shit show. A hundred percent shit show. So get your popcorn buckets ready. Strap yourself into your favorite recliner. Because whatever the fuck is about to happen in 2024... There is not a damn thing we're going to be able to do to stop it. <laughs> so uh, I, I want you to, to, to truly be very careful this year. Because there there's going to be a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> if you're just joining us, we've been talking about the conspiracy theory of the birds aren't real. The birds were replaced in the, the, the 50s by government uh, government spy drones. That they have cameras inside of them. And that they wiped out the entire population of birds across America. None of the birds that you see are real. They are all government drones to spy on you. Or so the theory says. Now we could lean in hard and believe this full... Full force, right? We could throw caution to the wind and move forward with reckless abandon and say that, you know, you know what? We truly believe this. But that's not our style. I wanted to bring this to your attention because of how absurd it is. I wanted to bring this to your attention because of not only how absurd it is, but how dangerous misinformation can be. And I want you to to bear that in mind moving forward. Remember, not everything you see on TV is real. Not everything on you, you read on the internet is real. That there there are a lot of people out there that are bored or want to see how far they can push a lie just for the fuck of it to say they did this man lived and breathed this satirical lie for four years don't think that there isn't someone else out there just as dedicated if not more so to push their lie and their narrative 
Now, I had Ollie working on this as well. And when Ollie gave it back to me, um, she was the one that helped provided a lot of the links and stuff for videos. When Ollie gave it back to me, she put a surprise at the end of it. And I have no idea what this surprise is, but it is a second conspiracy theory. Because we knew that this one, The Birds Aren't Real, was so compact that it, it wasn't going to carry us the whole way through, right? And like, we could not make two hours out of The Birds Aren't Real. It's just not possible. And anyone that does is, again, selling you tripe. So, I have no idea what the next conspiracy theory on this list is. And we're going to find out together, because I'm about to scroll down past the word surprise. It's a bonus conspiracy wrapped up into this one. Oh, I remember this. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... Depending on what part of the country you live in, you may or may not have seen this store that we're about to talk about. I noticed it when we lived in Tucson, and I really started asking. It bothered me, okay? It bothered me so fucking much that this store not only existed, but existed in the quantity that it existed in. How many of you have heard of the store Mattress Firm? For those of you that know what I'm talking about, you know that there there was a period of time, and I think it's still so, that these fucking stores are everywhere. Everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I mean to like Starbucks level everywhere. And when I first started noticing them, what bothered me the most is like, are that many people buying beds that they need this many stores? That doesn't make sense to me. You drive past a, a mattress store and they're typically empty. Maybe one or two customers in there. The, but this specific store, Mattress Firm, not only were these stores typically empty, they usually only had like one employee working if you went into them, if they were open at all. And it, it, it got my brain going. And I started looking it up. And I found the conspiracy theory that was there. And I was like, you know what? I'm fucking willing to believe this one. Mattress firm stores are everywhere. It's not uncommon to see two or three in the same shopping center, sometimes even across the street from one another. And not just two different mattress stores to promote competition, but the exact same store, Mattress Firm. On top of how many Mattress Firm stores there are, it, it seems that there are also other brick-and-mortar mattress companies out there, such as Mattress World and Bedmart. In fact, there are actually more mattress stores than McDonald's or Starbucks in the United States, most of which are mattress firms. And this is according to USA Today. Illustrating this point, 
42.6% of mattress firm stores are within one mile of one another. This is according to Business Insider. The average American only buys a new mattress every 7 to 10 years. Plus, most millennials have are having their mattresses delivered straight to their doors with a bed-in-a-box service. So why are there so many fucking mattress firms? It was a conspiracy theory that, that started uh, on Reddit and then went vi- viral. After a user suggested that mattress firms were a front for a large-scale money laundering scheme. How could a company with such a slow-moving product manage to keep so many stores open? Mattress firm is some sort of giant money laundering scheme, one user wrote. I remember seeing four mattress firms all on each corner of an intersection once, and there is no way there is such a demand for mattresses. Multiple stores equal more places to shuffle money between and more sources for fake money to appear to come from, another user wrote. Viral YouTube star Shane Dawson also popularized the idea in a video examining various conspiracy theories that racked up nearly 20 million views. But what's really going on? Shortly after the conspiracy theory went viral, mattress firm CEO Steve Steve Stagner announced mattress firm would be filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection and would be closing nearly 700 stores, especially in areas where it has too many stores in close proximity to each other. Now that, that's kind of fishy, right? That, that, That seems a little sus. The abundance of mattress firm stores and the rapidly declining sales to the rise of the bed-in-the-box companies contributed to the company's continuing continuing downfall. But the heart of their financial struggles, according to USA Today, lies in the overexpansion of the company, along with the overexpansion of mattress stores in general. Mattress firm ballooned considerably after the company bought out other mattress companies like Mattress Giant, Sleep Train, and Sleepies. After the buyouts, mattress giants and sleep trains were simply rebranded as new mattress firm stores, hence why two competing mattress stores across the street from one another became the same store. Thus, the thousands of mattress firm stores, all within at least one mile, a one-mile radius of one another, became a thing. That sounds pretty straightforward. But here's where things get interesting. Steinhoff, the second largest furniture retailer in the world right after Ikea, and Mattress Firm's parent company, recently acknowledged in in a public filing that the company is being accused of accounting irregularities, including overstating how much money the company made, as well as improperly accounting intercompany loans. In other words, there was fraud afoot. The irregularities have been going on for years, but only recently came under public scrutiny in 2007 after Steinhoff CEO Marcus Joost resigned seemingly out of the blue. Steinhoff is located in South Africa and has been one of the largest companies on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange exchange since 1996. 
The revelations of fraud and juice resignation marked one of the largest collapses in the South Africa's corporate history, according to the household name, uh, a Business Insider podcast. <laughs> Steinhoff has hired its own auditors to look into the allegations, and investigations and probes from around the world have begun looking into Steinhoff's financial activities over the years. The full extent of the fraud and tax evasion remains unknown still. Following these revelations, two top executives and the chairman of Steinhoff resigned, according to Business Insider. In what was criticized for being a terrible idea, Steinhoff bought Mattress Firm in 2016 for $2.4 billion. Twice what it was really worth. Shortly thereafter, Juiced got into some kind of argument with one of the Mattress Firm's top suppliers, Temper Sealy, who then went on to sue Mattress Firm for selling mattresses similar to Temper Sealy's iconic Tempur-Pedic mattress. On top of all that, Mattress Firm filed a lawsuit in October of 2017 accusing two of its former real estate executives, an external broker and a group of developers, of signing leases above market rates and expanding Mattress Firms into expensive areas in an effort to financially enrich themselves at the company's expense. A spokesperson for Mattress Firm described the incident to Business Insider as nationwide bribery. Nationwide bribery. I don't know if anyone else's brain just did that before mine, but there you go. You, you can deal with that. And a fraud scheme. At the moment, there's no way to know whether or not Mattress Firm was bought by Steinhoff in order to shuffle money from one or from other more lucrative purposes. But one thing is certain. The mattress firm debacle is starting to look less and less like just a conspiracy theory. Ali's take was they buy up their competition and it's cheaper to run multiple stores because of breaking leases and or competition taking over the old spots. So they'd rather have both. They're closing a lot of stores every year, but also opening a lot. There's some truth to what Ollie thinks there. I'm not going to lie. It, it it would seem right, right? Like, okay, so a company goes out of business, right? You buy the company. Well, that building is still leased under that company's name. Well, now you own that company. And now you have to either break the lease or do something with the property. Now, if you ask me, if a company goes bankrupt, it doesn't matter if the company is bought out or not, that person you sign that lease with is no longer in charge. So that lease becomes null and void. Leases like that should not be transferable. Who knows? But yeah, I swear to God, I, I, I fully believed when I saw that many mattress firms that something was very wrong and that it, it it had to be right it had to be a conspiracy theory it had to be a money laundering scheme it it had to be because there's no way in hell that logically someone would have that many stores 
in such a tight area. Right? And we're talking Tucson, okay? This is where I noticed it at. Tucson's not a small town, but it's also not a big city. It is this weird in the middle kind of thing. And there there's there's a good number of people there. But like the the thing said, people usually only buy a mattress every 7 to 10 years. Well, even if you have a, a population of hmm, a couple of hundred thousand, what would eventually you're going to hit a lull where everybody in the area has bought a fucking mattress from you, right? Think about it too. Think about if you owned a furniture store, say, right? Maybe not a mattress store. They th- you sell dining room tables right you saw expensive good quality dining room tables how many dining room tables does someone buy in the course of say five years right barring uh catastrophe or anything like that you know dining room tables should last you fuck almost forever Unless you get tired of the way it looks and you want to change things out and redecorate. But, so you you, you sell high quality, expensive dining room tables. And you're like, I'm going to open this other store. And now I'm going to open this other store. Like typically when you expand a store, you're supposed to expand into a new market. Right? You're not supposed to oversaturate the market that you're already in. You're supposed to expand to a new market. You know, think of uh, think of it like this. Uh, say the Cult of Odd was only a radio show in Detroit. Right? The way radio shows work, you have to become so popular to hit syndication. And when you hit syndication, you're expanding into new markets at that point. So... Maybe uh, we get syndicated and uh, now Chicago is listening, right? And maybe now uh, L.A. is listening. Now New York is listening. You wouldn't, you wouldn't expand your market within your own space. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't have. It wouldn't make sense to to have the the radio show on in Detroit, but also on in Lansing and Alpena, and Bay City, like, at the exact same time. Like, I know there's great distance, and the radio waves, you know, may not travel, but just bear with me. Say an FM radio station, a high-wattage high wattage station, that you can pick up for almost anywhere in the state. There would be no reason for the show to expand within the same fucking market space. Because then you oversaturate the area. And when you oversaturate the area, people no longer care. They become disinterested. And that's the same, especially in a retail space. You're not going to do that. And I don't, it, 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 it literally had to be some sort of money laundering scheme, right? It's too fucking perfect. What did they used to hide fucking money in in the old days? They used to hide it in their fucking mattress. I think somebody went a little too on the nose and finally got caught for it. And 
And then it turned out that there actually was fucking fraud. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just too perfect. <laughs> so yeah, fucking mattress firm. I it had to be a money laundering fraud, right? If if, if there are motherfuckers out there that truly believe that the birds aren't real, then then mattress firm is a hundred percent a fucking money laundering front, and and they got caught for it. You know, I I just I, I'm sorry. Like I, I'm a, that's my hill. I'm gonna die on. I I believe a hundred percent that mattress firm was a money laundering front, and you're never gonna convince me otherwise. No matter how much information you put in front of me, because it's just too perfect, right? I I I want to believe, right? The old X Files tag. I I I I want and choose to believe that this conspiracy theory is true. Um, because again, like I said, you wouldn't expand into your same market. You wouldn't oversaturate an area, you know, even if you are trying to avoid breaking a lease and, and whatnot, like you still, it would cost more money. You would lose more money by, by opening those stores and paying the electric and the water and the heat and the employees and the upkeep than you would just breaking the fucking lease. And again, they used to stick money they wanted to hide in old in the old times in mattresses. I uh, I die on this hill. I'm dying on this hill. There's nothing you're gonna say to make me believe otherwise. Fuck it. I'm 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 sticking with it. Birds aren't real. Mattress firms a fucking front, and I I don't know. Uh, Jesus was an alien. Yeah, there we go. Like, we'll just wrap it up. There's our season right there. <laughs> There's 2024 in a nutshell. Uh, all right. So we got a little bit of time left. Um, and uh, we're going to we're gonna run through uh, a few more things with you and just kind of talk and, and, and get it figured out. But, uh, yeah, birds aren't fucking real, man. That it's just it's 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 honestly amazing to me that somebody was able to 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 take such an absurd idea and build this entire mythos around it. Like, it's hard for me to do shit like this, right? Because I don't like to lie. I hate lying. I'm good at it when I have to. I've had to in the past. But I don't like to lie. And I, I try very, very hard to not lie to the point where, um, it's, 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 it's a problem. It's to a fault, right? Cause I'm going to give you the honest truth and I'm not going to sugarcoat it and you're not going to like it. It would be very hard for me, even knowing that it's satirical. To do that to people. Even when uh, I, I am being as absurd as I can be. There's always that wink, you know? There's always that... Uh, and, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very good at it. That's why I always tell the truth. It's easier to, for me to remember the truth than to try to remember what fucking bullshit lie I could come up with 
but it is amazing that someone was able to do this. But then again, at the same time, look at the time period we were talking about, right? 2016, 2017, 2018, you know, and 2019. Though that's the the time period and we were living in uh no. No, he said 4 years. I know we talked about this on a show. But that timeline doesn't track for me. Anyways, think about what we've seen in just the last, I don't know, 10 years, right? So from 2014 to 2024. How absurd has life gotten? Like It, it got to a point uh, under the, the, the Trump presidency where... It didn't matter how ridiculous it sounded. I believed it was true. Because every day we were experiencing life, and we still are. Like, nothing has changed yet. But we are still experiencing life at one point, at like 1.21, what the fuck's a second? Case in point, the first fucking day of January, right? 7.5 magnitude earthquake hits Japan, and subsequently uh, smaller earthquakes hit all over the fucking world. And then a tsunami. Who fucking does that? <laughs> Whose horse is this? And like, everyone was 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 all like, "New Year, new me." You know, all this shit. And I'm like, nah, I've learned my lesson. Uh, New year. Let's, let's, let's just try to survive. Right. I'm I'm not even going for new year, new me, or this is going to be my year. No, no. I'm just trying to survive. I'm trying to survive and provide an entertaining uh, program and series of uh, shows that will hopefully entertain others and provide some insight and some information yep new year same me bitch deal with it that's right skelly i'm the same old asshole i was in 2023 2022 2021 if i've made any new year's resolution it's to be just a hair bit more of an asshole this year than i was last year you know trying to improve myself make things better we can make him better, a better asshole, faster, smarter, stronger. We have some cool shit, though, that we do want to try and bring pull together. And we're hoping that uh, the rest of you will enjoy it and join in with us. Um, if uh, things start going well, I want to get a P.O. box this year. And the reason I want to get a P.O. box is I want you guys to be able to send us stuff. I want you you guys to be able to interact. If you find weird things out there like uh, like cryptid tracks or, or, or whatnot. Like, I want you guys to be able to interact with us in every way, shape, or form that is comfortable for you and us. Um... I want 
uh, I've got this really cool idea and I can't talk about it, but I want to make, I, I want to give you guys something interactive regularly that not only is interactive, but benefits everybody involved. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy 2024 with my community. And if you want to become part of the community, there are multiple ways that you can do so. First and foremost is definitely by joining our Discord. There's some wild shit going on there. If you're a gamer or you want to keep up on, on, on us and what we're doing, Discord is, is really going to be the best way. I also am kind of thinking about making my exodus from uh, Facebook this year. And, uh, you know, just using it solely. It's not even a good way to market anymore, right? Like, that, that was my whole reason for sticking around on Facebook, is I wanted to use it to market. I wanted to use it to be able to reach a wider net or cast a wider net and reach a wider audience. But the problem I'm running into is that because Facebook has become basically pay-to-play, right, um, you, you can't, you can't get a decent foothold. It's not as possible to do it organically anymore. It can still be done, but I'm getting tired of doing it. And, and to the people who, who do constantly share or comment or like on my, my, uh, stuff that I, I share through Facebook, I thank you. But I got a friends list of over 300 people. I got a Facebook page with over 800 people. I've got uh, um, a group with 400 some people in it. And I should have a wider reach than what I do based on the, the numbers that I have on Facebook, and they're just not there. And I don't know where I would get any more numbers other than just keep doing what I'm doing and ignore the dumb shit. Right? There's, there's, there's very little value I'm finding left in social media. I enjoy the community that we've built in Discord. I mentioned this in the last episode. I love each and every single one of you. You are some of my best and closest friends you are also some of my biggest fans and supporters and i'm grateful and thankful for each and every one of you discord is where it's at for us and if you're interested the link has been posted in the chat and uh, if you want the link to get to our discord hang out on a wednesday night and live and chat and we'll give it to you or if you can see it on the screen when it goes by, you could punch it in, right? See where it takes you. I don't believe we make the link uh, expire. We also have a Reddit, and we're trying to get some traction over on Reddit. So if you are on Reddit, please go to r slash cultivod and start commenting and sharing our stuff and, you know, helping us grow there. Um I'm on TikTok, which I don't mind TikTok so much. I, I, I'm getting tired of being advertised to with every fucking TikTok video, though. I really am. Like, 
Yeah, I put up my videos to let you know that I'm live and I do shit and post shit from the show. But like I'm not I'm not selling you cheap Chinese goods. And that's what I see a lot of. No matter how many times I refresh my feed and I don't interact with those videos and I mark them as I'm not interested, it seems like every time I refresh my feed, it's more and more of buy these buy these headphones buy this hand warmer buy this flashlight buy this face massager buy this buy that and yeah everything's fucking cheap but i don't need it matt pat actually had a decent video about this recently about how uh TikTok is is growing um and integrating social media and uh merchandise not merch but like merchandise goods uh sales and that it could possibly eventually you know take over and be something bigger than some of the other online retailers that we currently have now, you mentioned Amazon at one point. I don't think you'll ever top, topple Amazon. I just don't. They're, uh, they're in too many different things. Right? So most of you think of Amazon and you're like, okay, you know, I can buy cat food. I, I can buy socks. I can buy underwear. I can buy pants. I can buy a new piece, a new gaming PC. You know, I can buy keyboards and Gadgets and gizmos aplenty. But Amazon also is a network. Like, there are websites that are built off of Amazon's framework. There are, like, uh, the call center that I work for uses an Amazon-based network. And they're not the only ones. In the past, I've worked for other call centers that have utilized uh, Amazon's uh, framework. <coughs> they are a fucking publisher, right? Like the, the coloring book that I produced and the short story that I wrote, I was b able to publish both through Amazon. So I don't think anything's going to topple them. But what I feel it's come down to is that, that social media has run its course. And I think I think the younger generation is starting to get it. I'm not entirely sure. I, I, it seems like they always try to seek out some new form of social networking, right? Um, rather than, you know, the oldest form of social networking, which is going outside and actually going to your friend's house. But in the other, in the exact same vein, all my friends that I, I, I choose to, to hang out with on a regular basis live all so fucking far away that it's impossible, 
if I want to play video games with Skelly, I'm not going to fucking fly all the way to where he lives. I'm going to hop in Discord and ping him and say, hey, come play a game. The same as with Dave the Dad Dude, Essential Onion, Hog Gaming, uh, you know, all of them. I'm 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 gonna ping him via Discord, or I'm gonna send him a message and be like, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking about playing this. You wanna jump in and play?" I don't know. I'm rambling. We got about 15 minutes left. And uh, I want you to know that the end of this month brings uh, Ali's show, Case Closed, as the Cult of Odd presents Case Closed. We're going to try a few things with it, see see what sticks. It's gonna It might take a while for us to, to find a, a groove for that one and find a proper formatting. Uh, we're going to be us- utilizing or trying to utilize Twitch's stream together. Um, so that, that could present its own unique interesting issues um there may be a few episodes too um that aren't conspiracy theory related necessarily um remember i said and more um hog uh, actually messaged me earlier today and and brought up the idea of kind of all of us getting together about a show uh and and doing it that way and i'm like well i don't fucking know what the topic would be but you know i'm not opposed to it so it might be very soon that you hear all of us talking and goofing off and, and laughing together. And of course, you can watch me play video games here. We've been playing Minecraft as of late. Um, we've been jumping around playing Killing Floor, Minecraft, Ark. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to find something that sticks for very long when it comes to gaming because everything starts to feel a little dated and repetitive and whatnot but i i have this really cool idea actually uh my friend uh taco you've seen him in the chat here um before uh but i have this uh idea that uh he initially had come up with and i'm i'm starting to flesh out now is that um in minecraft i'm gonna be the uh weird creepy weird guy that hands out quests to to go find shit i'm gonna go run around the map and and hide shit in a bunch of places and you'll get quests to to go do it uh we do have our own minecraft server and if you are a member of our discord and interested um so long as we trust you and we know you we can give you access to it you can come play with us um we're usually all in a VC together while we're playing, so you're never alone. Um, <coughs> Skelly's proof of that, like, uh, we're almost always together. Like, right now, I can hear my wife upstairs talking, and I know if I went and looked at our Discord, she's in a VC with a few other people. I'm going to bet she's in a VC right now, if I had to guess, with Raccoon, Skelly, Hog, and Onion. I'm gonna, you know what? I want to look and see who you who who you with. I was right on one of those. She is in a VC with uh, my friend Ray and uh, Sensual Onion. <laughs> yep. No, I went and looked. I was right on one. I knew Onion was there. You've got onion flavored popcorn. There you go. There's one to take back to the VC. Onion-flavored popcorn. 
but we're going to have fun this season or this year. Okay. Grindhard, you're always welcome. You know that. Like, I love you, man. I really do. We don't talk as much as I would like, or uh, maybe we should. I don't want you to feel like I've got this fucking man crush or anything for you, but I do enjoy conversations with you. You, I'll tell you what, man. You pick the conspiracy theory. You give me some time to, to if I don't already know about it, and we'll do it to fucking gather here on Twitch. <laughs> Are you, you're, yeah, you're part of my fucking Discord, aren't you? You should be. Uh, maybe not. What the fuck? All right, Grindhard, hit that link up there. Actually, here. Join the fucking Discord, because if we do it, uh, it's probably going to be through a VC through there. But I can lock us away in a room together where nobody else can get in, so don't worry. Or worry. I don't I don't know how you would take that. But how you doing, buddy? It's been a while, too. But yeah, uh, all are welcome, and uh, you pick the conspiracy theory, and we'll fucking talk about it. Um, so we kind of lightly would touch on it before, um, but like it would be like filler, like filler episodes in between the other shit that we were doing or like an episode we'd start off and, and it was so much, so free form with me and the other people that I used to do it with, um, that, uh, you know, inevitably something would lean that way, but we have taken, we have taken what we were doing. And we have started to realize that the conspiracy theory angle really is our niche. So conspiracy theories, cryptids, unexplained phenomena, and more. So uh, pretty much that, that opens the door for everything. Every goddamn thing. Every little piece of fucking shit that you could think of, it, the door is wide open. You want to talk about Bigfoot, you want to talk about the Loch Ness Monster, fucking Cthulhu, goddamn Chupacabra, aliens. You want to talk about whether or not, you know, the, the government is spying on us with birds. Well, we did that tonight. Um, you want to talk about, you know, the, the MK Ultra and the mind control stuff. You want to talk about uh, subliminal messaging. Um, any conspiracy theory is open. Open and wide. Brother, you're not a flat earther, are you? Please tell me you're not a flat earther. <laughs> but no, like, just understand, too, the way we look at things is, is we'll talk about it. We don't necessarily believe present it as we believe or we don't believe it's, it's more here's the information here's kind of what we think but it's 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 very much left open to interpretation like good conspiracy theory conversation should be and we crack jokes along the way too like we uh, if we offend you it's it's not meant to right <clears throat> 
Like, we'll, we'll make fun of Alex Jones and, and you know, oh, they were turning the frogs gay, you know, it's, it's shit like that. So it's really just to have a laugh. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that that, that was, uh, that was established. Cause like, I don't want to like ruin the friendship or piss anybody off or anything like that. I, I'm, I'm here to be entertaining. I am the wind up fucking monkey, right? Like that's it. I, I am I, I am your carnival barker. I am your friendly neighborhood cult leader. So yeah, um, we'll uh, let me let me dig up some stuff on flat Earth and see what we can do. We'll have a conversation about flat Earth and give our researchers uh, a break. Um, <clears throat> the The episodes air live every Wednesday at or not every Wednesday. My episodes are every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So our next episode will be on the 17th. And then we'll have another one again on the 31st. Um, and then on the 24th is when I believe Ollie's show on true crime will start. We'll see. I know she's in training for work right now. Um, I think she said she's two shows ahead, so she's ready to go. But yeah, our next episode will be on the 17th. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, man, join the Discord if you haven't already. And uh, you can find me there. Or you can always message me and we can do a private call that way. But, I mean, half of your fucking gang's already in my uh, goddamn Discord anyways. I got Phil in there. I got Rob in there. I got Gus in there. You know... Uh, I got fucking Mad Dog in there. So, like, it's it's sprinkled with Spartans already. And before you say it, I know. Quit fucking smoking. Spartan sprinkles. There you go. There's ice cream the Spartans can sell. It's a vanilla ice cream with uh, red and black sprinkles on it. Red, black, and gold sprinkles. <laughs> oh, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for us for this episode of uh, The Cultivada. I hope you enjoyed episode one, one, uh, 112, The Birds Aren't Real. Uh, it'll be available on Amazon, iTunes, all of that shit here within, uh, probably the next day or so. Um, uh, no, God damn it. The fucking no. Yep. And he's out of here. Fucking God, I hate that shit. Look, let me leave you with this piece of advice. If you're, uh, if you're a, a true marketer, if you're a graphic designer, if you're a, a, a promoter of any sort, do not fucking come into a random stream that you're not even following or sub to and start promoting your shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? One. If I'm going to pay for services, it's not going to be to some fucking rando that just showed up out of nowhere. If I want someone to design something for me, if I want someone to help me promote, uh, 
If I want something, someone to help me market, then I'm going to probably pull from my inner circle of people that already know how to do that shit. Mm-hmm. I, I already said, I already, I already said that. Yeah. Quit fucking smoking. I got it. I got it. I hear you. I hear you. Are you going to pay my bail when I do? Because I will murder. Um, but yeah, don't fucking come in and do that shit. That is terrible fucking etiquette. You know, it's bad enough that they, they send me whispers on Twitch now. Right. But at least they've started to learn that I'm not, I'm not receptive to you coming in, uh, and, and dropping, uh, fucking promo in my chat. I know as, yeah, but see, Old Odd here has ha, has some anger issues and 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 he's worked very hard to get them under control, and it has taken a series of nicotine, caffeine, and uh, our little green friend to basically keep me in this weird little stasis balance where I don't get too angry or I don't get too happy or like I'm just floating along, man. And besides, something's got to kill me, right? You know? Cancer does not seem like a good way to go, but my biggest fear is I'm going to quit smoking and still get cancer, right? Like every examination I've had of my lungs and my breathing and whatnot, they're always shocked to find out, A, that I am a smoker, and B, that I've been smoking for as long as I have been. Like, there, there seems to be no damage as of yet. And I'm 40. 41, sorry. So, I, I don't know, man. Something's got to kill me. And at least I, I, I chose my poison. I mean, I could quit smoking and get healthy and lose a whole bunch of weight, walk outside, and get struck by fucking lightning. But uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me. Grindhard, we will talk flat earth very soon. Um, for everyone else that, uh, hung out in the chat, Onion, Sim, Skelly, uh, Mr. Brown, uh, Hog. Um, for everyone else that hung out in the chat or was watching tonight, I'm grateful for you. Keep hanging around because, uh, there's more coming. And like I said, we're doing a subathon. Uh, we're doing 31 streams in 31 days, and we're trying to to get uh, 10 new subscribers in the month of January, or as many as we can get. You know, just because we hit our goal doesn't mean I'm going to be like, okay, guys, stop subbing, stop it, stop giving me money, stop it. So subscribe to the channel here on Twitch, and uh, just know that the money is going towards uh, improvements, uh, upgrades, and equipment, um, and uh, just kind of making sure everything still keeps running the way we need it to. Um, I am uh, appreciative for everything, and uh, I cannot wait to unfold this year for the rest of you. Until next time, I guess we'll still end with the, the, the Iron Sheik quote. i got to come up with something better to end with for now. But in the immortal words of the Iron Sheik, good night, and go fuck yourself. Good night, ladies and gentlemen.